The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Another interesting story, uh, this one out of Calgary today, where scientists believe they are close to producing a non-addictive painkiller. UFC plant biochemistry professor Dr. Peter Ficini has been working on this for years. He joins us now. Doctor, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me. Okay, now what I was reading that you've been working on this for 25 years now? Uh, yeah, I've been here in Calgary for uh, for 24, actually, but who's counting? Yeah, okay, who's counting? So what got you interested um, that long ago in this? Um, yeah, it's, uh, so when we started, uh, the genes that are used by opium poppy plants to um, uh, that encode the enzymes that are needed to, to make uh, opiates, such as morphine and codeine, were not known at all. Um, so over the last uh, about a quarter of a century, we've been able to isolate all of those genes. There's about 18 of them. Huh. Um, and, um, you know, it's uh, opened up opportunities to um, think about alternative ways of producing these um, important pharmaceuticals other than using uh, the plant, which is still our only source, commercial source for for opiates. So, so let's break this down. How are... Um opioids produced now yeah so right now um all so there's so first of all there's a difference between an opioid and yes an opiate an opioid would be a synthetic okay compound like fentanyl and an opiate would be a natural or at least semi semi-natural compound that would include morphine coating but also um oxycodone and and even naloxone you know used as mm-hmm. a um so those compounds the opiates are currently produced by cultivating the plant, opium poppy plant. About half of the world production comes from Tasmania, from Australia. Hmm. The rest coming from a very small number of countries like India, Turkey, and France, and a few others. Um, So the plant is grown, and then then the the biomass is extracted um, for either the direct um, APIs, active pharmaceutical ingredients like coating or morphine or some um, related intermediate that then can be converted synthetically to things like oxycodone and naloxone. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, then. And so what is your research focusing on? Like how, how do you... Okay, you're like, you're, like, you're the big brain here. I'm not. So <laughs> you're, recently, you're talking about this and now you're, you're working towards um, d- d- producing the safer alternative. How are you doing that? Yeah, so, so the bottom line is, is if it, this starts with uh, basically how do you create more diversity in the structure of these molecules? You know, so if you just think about codeine and morphine, and, and, and morphine is a lot more, um, uh, has a lot more of a stronger effect than codeine does, but the differences on the molecule are very minor. Hmm. So if you can create additional differences... Um, new compounds that have not been tested before for uh, you know their their properties and with ultimately with the the goal of finding something as effective as morphine but that's lacking the addictive um, the, the addictive nature of, of, of that uh, that drug so the so the issue with plants of recovering things from plants is plants are relatively difficult to engineer to change in terms of um, you know what they do and mm-hmm. how they do it What's a lot easier to engineer are microorganisms. So we've, we've been successful in taking this long 
multi-gene pathway from the plant and moving it entirely into yeast. Wow. Regular baker's yeast. <laughs> so now we have baker's yeast that can make basically any opiate you want. Um, and our, our goals to bring that to uh, commercial production is simply one of scale. We have to get the, the production up above a certain threshold in order to make it competitive with the plant, but that's coming. Um, the, the second side of that, or the other side, is that you can then start thinking about, in a microorganism like that, you can pretty easily go in and start playing with the genetics of that organism mm -hmm. and having it produce new things, and then putting those, those, new, um, those new opiate derivatives into a screening program um, with the intention of finding something that you know, meets, meets uh, society's goals right now, which is you know, to get rid of these addictive compounds mm -hmm. but retain the benefits. This um, is obviously rather timely given, you know, I think the stats, I had someone on, on the show last week talking about opioids, and I think the latest number was something like two people a day dying because of accidental opioid overdose. So this could be timely, but as you said, this has been a long time coming as well. Yeah, um, I mean, research is, uh, and, and technology development is often like that, you know, so it, it goes on for a very long period of time, especially in universities, because mm -hmm. we're, we're um, in a position to be able to just explore. But then you get to a point after, you know, a, a, a period of time where you, you can see the opportunity to develop the technology into something that's, that's commercializable, something that's actually going to benefit people. And I think we're on that cusp right now. And of course, everyone wants to know when. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when things uh, could be, you know. Um, I, I, I think at this point we're, we're within a couple of years. And mm -hmm. one of the reasons for that is that uh, we uh, are, are performing this research now, especially the, especially the commercialization um, within a, a new uh, Calgary-based company called Willow Biosciences. So it's, uh, it's a company that will be publicly traded starting this month. Hmm. So that brings in the additional mm -hmm. financial resources and, and additional staff and, and so on that, that's needed to ramp up the, the speed of the process. So long-term, so, so when... Mm. When can uh, yeah, I think you just answered the question. I mean, this is this is it's just it's uh, it's so fascinating to me. And, and for someone who has, you know, you know, family impact with um, with uh, opiates and have had um, issues with that. I mean, th this could just be such a huge game changer, given the current climate in in North America. And so, you know, it, it's just it's fascinating to me that this is this is happening. This is happening here, and and I'm hopeful. Like, how do you, how do you then turn around and and sell that um, to? I don't know, um, get the doctors to start prescribing this instead of something else when people know that, okay, let's say this drug works for me and, you know, they want you to try something else. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's a big part, certainly, of um, the, the culture of opiate use around the world. Um, you know, not, not every country uh, uses the same amount of opiates. Canada is a major a major per capita user. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason for that is that it, it becomes uh, a part of the, the, the medical culture as well to prescribe these compounds. So, you know, there would have to be um, certainly, uh, you know, a, a 
education that would would be part of this to ensure that you know medical practitioners are aware of the the new alternatives. But I think if the you know if that holy grail is achieved, mm-hmm. um, which is something that we have to strive for, and I mean we we feel pretty strongly that we're we're within a couple of years of being able to compete with the plant as a source of the compounds, and then you know some years out still to um, to get new drugs approved, but the efforts have to be made and they have to be made starting now because this problem is not going to go away on its own. Yeah, and, and can you shed some light on, on how that process works to get new drugs approved because that's not a that's not a, a, a quick venture right there. No, it's a, that, that's much, uh, that's going to take much longer um, compared to simply finding a new production method for an approved drug. Right? You don't have to go through all of the clinical trials um, and, and all of the approvals that are required um, uh, in order to, to, to get something new um, uh, something new approved. Hmm. So, you know, that's why I say I think that we're pretty confident that we're talking about a few years to something, to, to an alternative production method, but then you know, you've, you've got to produce the compounds, have enough of them, um, which is one of the reasons I would say that um, alternative opiates currently don't exist because they simply, there simply hasn't been a manufacturing method that has been effective enough to create this diversity, <laughs> right, that, that's needed in order to screen and, and, and um, to some extent randomly hit upon you know those those magical ones that are are the ones that you know that are non-addictive but still effective yeah fascinating stuff dr Ficini. thank you so much for joining me this afternoon thanks very much oh hey you know what before we go if if folks want to read more about this is there a place that um they can read it in in layman's terms Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, so if you, if it's pretty easy to find me, if you uh, Google opium and Calgary, <laughs> you see Odd. Um, and there's, uh, there's a recent article from the University of Calgary um, um, news, uh, news service that is put into, I think, simpler terms for people to understand. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, Dr. Peter Ficini joining me this afternoon again. He's been working for over two decades now, uh, working towards producing a non-addictive painkiller. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.